Okay, so hey, we are in a series right now called Canon Event. Everybody say Canon Event. Raise your hand if you've seen the new Spider-Man. If you haven't, that's fine. I, I, uh, hey, no hard feelings. Um, but there's, in, in the movie, there's this phrase called canon event. And it's, it's the idea that, um, that there's, a, there's an event that needs to happen for the plot of the story to go in the direction that it needs to go. And for the development of the character, things need to happen, right? And so we named this series Canon Event because we're talking about Joshua, Judges, and Ruth, which is three books in the Bible uh, filled with many characters. And we feel that there's things that happen uh, that needed to happen, and we see development of characters before our very eyes. But one thing I didn't mention when we started this series, and that I'm starting to notice, uh, and I noticed back then, but I just wanted to let it play out, is we have this theme of like superheroes and comic books and all this kind of stuff, but something that you may be starting to realize is that um, every hero that we talk about has a little bit of villain in them, right? Nobody's perfect, uh, and we can't pretend like they are. But even when we watch uh, superhero movies, the heroes aren't perfect in the movies, right? And so, but we see in, the, in these uh, books, in these chapters, that there's people who are broken and uh, who don't do the right thing, right? And so, We've heard uh, of Joshua. Joshua is awesome. And we heard of, of all these other ones. And Deborah is one of my favorites, right? And, she, and so all these cool characters. Last week we talked about Gideon. Uh, and Gideon uh, brought 300 people uh, to fight and to uh, liberate Israel. And it's a cool story. But the end of Gideon's story isn't as cool. And so here's, I'm going to use it to move us into... Um, what we're going to talk about tonight. Is that cool, everybody? Are you with me? Okay. So if, you're, if you take notes, I'm going to title tonight's message, um, Alternate Universes, okay? And the, the characters we're talking about tonight are Abimelech and Jephthah, okay? Abimelech and Jephthah, okay? And uh, I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, but whatever. Um, was I right? Am I good? Okay, cool. Because uh, it could be Jephthah, but I don't know how they do H's. Okay, so anyways, Abimelech and Jephthah, okay? So here's the thing. I'm in, if, you're, if you want to kind of take notes of where this, at's in, where, where this is at in the Bible, I'm kind of in um, chapter 8 and 9 when I'm giving you this backstory, okay? I'm not going to read out of those chapters. We'll read uh, later on. But here's what happens, okay? So Gideon wins this battle, and Gideon becomes famous, and, and the Israelites ask, actually ask Gideon to be their leader, right? And we have to remember a key thing. Uh, Israel doesn't have a king in this story, okay? Israel is led by these people called judges, which is why it's called the book of judges. Okay, so uh, they're without a clear leader outside of what's called a judge. And so Gideon is a judge, and they ask Gideon to lead and to do this stuff, and so he's really great. But then what happens is, um, like all the heroes we know, but even worse in this book, um, and it seems like it gets progressively worse as the book goes on, but Gideon is imperfect. Gideon at first was imperfect because he was frightened, uh, 
and, uh, and then later on he becomes a mighty warrior. But now Gideon, his, it seems like his head gets big. And so he does uh, some things that we wouldn't view as okay. And so Gideon takes, uh, I think it's 30 wives uh, to himself. And then he has what are called... Um, is it concubine? I don't know. Um, but what happens is out of this kind of sinful lifestyle, um, Gideon has a child not with any of his Like if having 30 plus wives is bad enough, he has a child with a woman who isn't his wife. And this child's name is Abimelech. Okay? And so what happens is Abimelech lives this life where he is... Um, kind of outcast because he's not like the others, right? And it says that Gideon has 70 sons from his wives, 70 sons. And so these 70 sons lead Israel, right? 70 sons, that's a lot, not counting even the daughters, okay? So he has 70 sons, and then there's Abimelech who's kind of like the, the outcast, the black sheep of the family, if you will, Right? And so what happens is um, Abimelech has this conspiracy. And so what he does is he goes to a neighboring town and he tells them, would you rather be led by 70 of Gideon's sons or be led by me? Would you rather be led by 70 men or by me? And they're like, all right, sounds good. One's better than 70. And so then he takes charge here, and what he does is then he goes and kills all 70 of his brothers. Bimelech goes and kills all 70 of his brothers and takes over, right, as leader. And so we obviously see the sins of Gideon, even though Gideon achieved greatness, the sins of Gideon are reminiscent of things we've read about the sins of Adam or the sins of Cain. Or the, Does that make sense, everybody, how it kind of follows this, like, track, right? And so we have... Abimelech, who's an outcast, and his response is mass murder. He's an outcast. He isn't, anybody ever felt like you didn't get dealt a good hand in life? Like you're like, this isn't fair. Anybody? I'm raising my hand. It's like, life isn't fair. I don't know why I'm put in this situation. And sometimes uh, we feel the need to act a certain way, right? But let me ask a couple questions. Have have you ever made a bad decision, but you thought it was justified? Do you know what I mean? Made a bad decision, you're like, it was justified. Let me give you an example. Okay, so when I was in uh, eighth grade, uh, there was this rumor going around school that I got a girl pregnant in eighth grade. Right? And this girl happened to be like one of my best friends, and she, it wasn't... It wasn't like that, okay? And so there was this rumor going around that she was pregnant, and I'm the dad. And this is eighth grade, guys. And so what's happening is she's getting, like, like cast out of her friend groups. Everyone's making fun of her. Everyone, And so she's, like, being bullied hardcore. And she's crying every day at school. And for me, it wasn't as – the backlash wasn't as bad because the, the world seems to be unfair in that way. Um. But what happened was I started following the trail, and I found out who it was. I found out who spread the rumor, and it was this kid who liked her but was jealous that we were friends. 
so my, might as well ruin her life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, um, vil, villain origin story. Uh, so what happened was we shared the same health class. So I walk into my health class early, and there's this guy sitting there. He's the only one in class. It's me and him. So I made a bad decision that I thought was justified. I pulled him out of his chair and beat the snot out of him in the classroom, right? Like he's on the floor, and I'm kicking him in the ribs, like just like, God, going at it. And the teacher walks in, what's going on? You know, freaking out, and I'm like, right? And the teacher, if it wasn't bad enough that I made that decision to beat this kid up at school, um, and it wasn't a fair fight, let's just be honest. <laughs> um, if it wasn't bad enough, the teacher went to my parents' small group at church. So she's like, Brett, what are you doing? And I was like, okay, listen, this is crazy, but let me explain, right? Anyways, I get in all this trouble, and if I look back, it was a bad decision, right? The better decision would have been to like, hey, I know it was you. Why would you do that? Can you you got to make it right. Because now I've, I've, he didn't even really want to make it right because I just beat him up, right? Uh, but when I did it, and even to this day as I say that I did that, some of you are like, oh, yeah, but that's kind of warranted. Like, that kid kind of had it coming. Anybody ever felt like that? Like, it's kind of justified. Like, and maybe Abimelech's thinking that. Like, these dudes cast me out just because I'm, like, I have a different mom than all of their 30 moms, you know? And, and he's like, so I killed those fools. And, and, like, some people back then in those days were probably like, yeah, man, that's justified, dude. Like, yeah, they didn't treat you right, you know? Uh, but it, it's a bad look out on morality. Let me ask another question. Have, have you ever done something that if you had the chance to go back, you would change it? Right? And everyone's like, no regrets. That's a lie. We have regrets. Come on. Like, we changed some stuff. Uh, I've told this story before, but I, I, um, it was kindergarten, field day, which is... Here's, where I, here's my time to shine. It's about to go down. So anybody ever participated in a field day before? Anybody know what a field day is? Raise your hand if you've ever done a field day. Field day is like, you, it's like, like uh, little kid Olympics or something. Um, and so you do all these different activities. Anyways, it came down to the end. I was in first place on this field day. I was going to get the trophy, you know, and whatnot. And it came down to like a race, a sp- like a, a, just a sprint across the field, okay? And so they're like, ready, set, go. We take off. Right? And my best friend Nathan is tracking, dude. He's going. I'm like, and Nathan's kind of taller than me at the time. He's got glasses. He's a little nerdy, but he's fast, man. Like his legs are longer than mine. He's just zooming like a gazelle. And I'm like, I'm I'm working. I'm digging, trying to, right? And this dude's just effortlessly beat, like almost beating me. He's right here. And he's, he's starting to gain on me. And I'm like, I'm running out of gas, right? The finish line is right there. So, I'll pull one, you know, stanky, I stanky leg this one. I'm running, throw my leg out. He face plants in the gravel. There's gravel at the end. Like you have to cross this gravel. Like it's like, ugh. so he face plants in the gravel, glasses broken, face all skidded up, bleeding out of his nose, crying uncontrollably. And I'm like running to the finish like, yeah! Right? 
it haunts me to this day. Like I, I would, because it would have no effect on the outcomes of our lives. I wish I could go back and just not trip the dude because I would have taken second place. It's fine. It's not that big of a deal, right? The only reason I ask these questions is if you've done these things is because each and every one of us in our lives will have opportunities to encounter moral or what would you call ethical decisions, right? We're having a big a big kid talk right now. <laughs> have you ever have you ever come across a tough decision? You're like, I don't know what's I don't know what's right. And raise your hand if you've ever come across a tough decision. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's right. I don't know what's wrong. It's kind of a blurred line, right? Um so here's the question we might ask is do we when when encountering these uh, choices, do we make decisions based on rules? Right? Oh, the Bible says this, and so we can't do this. And the Bible says this, and this, this, and the law says this, and so we can't do this, and, and uh, you know, whatever. So, like, if Vince is stuck in somebody else's car, and it's hot, and I'm trying to get him out, it's illegal to break and enter someone's property, but my son's in there, now the rules get thrown out the window. Does that make sense, everybody? So is it, do we make these choices based on rules, which kind of turns into legal, or do we make decisions based on results? And you might be thinking, oh, it's got to be results, but maybe not, because maybe it can't always be that the results, like if, if the greater good happens, that the, the means was okay, right? Because in some cases, it, it, the greater good would be for someone to... Maybe, you know, get murdered, and it's like, oh, the, afterwards, the effect was great, right? Then it's like, but that's still not how you should operate in life, right? And so then we have to ask, okay, if it's not one or the other, if it's not rules and it's not results, then what might it be? And I, here's my thing, and I've been taking this class about ethical decisions and moral faithfulness, all this kind of stuff. Here's what it is. We have to pursue and try and understand the heart of God. And in the heart of God, there's some rules, and in the heart of God, there's 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 he wants results. Does that make sense, everybody? Uh, you'll understand why I'm talking about this in a little bit, okay? And you're like, bro, why would we get into an ethical conversation? But check this out. The thing that's the issue right now is this generation, our generation, our society as a whole, because here, here's the thing. When a generation has a, has a tendency, it, it's basically a mirror to the bigger world because guess who taught the, that generation how to do that? Okay, anyways. So this generation is being taught that you should just go with what feels right. Anybody ever told you that? Go with your heart. Just, just if it feels good, send it. <laughs> We're being taught that we should just go with what feels right and what makes us happy. But guess what? If all of our decisions are based on what makes me happy, then I'm a narcissist. Like, what's that? What does that even mean? It means that every once in a while, <laughs> I need to sacrifice for somebody else, Right? I need to make a decision that's not just for my good, but it's for somebody else's good. Sometimes Danielle and I don't want to wake up as early as Vince wakes up. And what if we just locked our door and was like, he'll be fine. <laughs> when we wake up, then he'll see us, right? And he's just like getting into all, that's probably a bad decision, right? So there's this this. Feeling in our, in, our, in our generation of intense individualism and leave everybody alone. Everybody could believe what they believe. And I'm not getting into this, like, I'm not getting into all this. But here's one thing I have to say. 
my professor told me this, and it, make, and it makes a lot of sense, and it's kind of intense. But we have this live and let live attitude. You know what I mean by that? Like, hey, I'm going to live my life. You live your life. I'm not worried about you. Don't worry about me. We're our own people. And he says that live and let live turns quickly into live and let die. Because if I don't care about how you live, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty soon going to not care if you live or die. Because I don't care. And so in our attempt to be good people and have everybody like us, because we're like, yeah, do whatever you want. I don't care. Like, it's a free country. <laughs> what happens is we adopt apathy, and then all of a sudden we, we just don't care. Hey, Brett, why are you talking about this? It's going to make sense, okay? So we pretend to care. Here's the thing that I notice about a lot of us, even me. We pretend to care about something. We post it on our Instagram. I'm taking a stand, right? We pretend to care about things until we actually have to do something about it. And it's like, oh, well, that's kind of, you know, live and let die, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's not, not my problem, you know? It's like, oh, the, 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 you know, all the billionaires in the world should give all their money and fix homelessness. And you're like, someone's like, oh, would you give $10 to sponsor a kid in, in the Dominican Republic? You're like, not right now, you know, it's a little tight for me. But we're so opinionated about stuff if we don't have to do it. Okay, my rant's over. So, check this out. How should we, appre how should we approach and appreciate these big decisions? By seeking the heart of God so we don't end up in a place where we're saying live and let die. We got to care about these big decisions, we got to care about what's right and wrong. Or we'll find ourselves like Abimelech doing what is right for us. But there's a cool thing in this book. There's an opposite story, okay? So we talk about the story of Abimelech. He is outcast. He kills 70 of his brothers. Now there's another story of a man named Jephthah, okay? Same scenario, but different choices, okay? Um... Let's start, what, what's, what, let's start the first scripture that I have. We're going to read this together, okay? So this is, Jep, uh, this is Judges 11, 1 through 3, okay? And so this is the story of Jephthah, okay? So uh, Jephthah the Gileadite, that's a hard word, was a valiant warrior. Everybody say warrior. Okay, but he was the son of a harlot, right? He's the son of of a prostitute, okay? And Gilead was the father of Jephthah. So he's, he, he, he's like of some, some kind of royalty almost. He's a noble, right? Gilead, he's a Gileadite. His dad is Gilead, <laughs> right? Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when his wife's sons grew up, they drove out Jephthah and said to him, you shall not have an inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Right? And so here's, here's the contrast. So Gilead only had one wife, and he had these sons with that wife. And Jephthah was the son resulting in an affair with a harlot. Right? And so he grew up in the house, but then they eventually they drive him out. They said, you shall not have inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brother's. And lived in the land of Tob, or Tob, I don't know how to pronounce that. And the worthless fellows, 
And worthless fellows gathered themselves about Jephthah, and they went out with him. No clue why that last sentence is there, but they're worthless, okay? So this is Jephthah's story. It sounds a little bit like Abimelech's. Does that make sense, right? It's the same story, kind of, okay? But one decided to kill all his brothers, and the other one decided something else. Let's go to the next scripture. Since not the Lord, this is Jephthah's, Speaking, since not the Lord, the God of Israel, drove out the Amorites from before his people Israel, are you then to possess it? Do you not possess what Chemosh, your God, gives you to possess? So whatever the Lord, our God, has driven out before us, we will possess it. Okay, leave it up there. It makes no sense to you right now, but check this out. So what happens is, remember, Jephthah was a mighty warrior. Mighty warrior, but he got cast out by his brothers, okay? So the people come to Jephthah, and they say, hey, we want you to go win a battle for us. To, to, to get us back, uh, to free us, right? To be our judge. And Jephthah says, but you kicked me out. And they're like, oh, yeah. So he says, okay, how about this? If I win the battle, I'm in charge. They're like, fine. So he goes and does what he's always done, and he wins the battle. And, he's, and here he's talking to the king of the one they're about to beat in this battle. So he's having this conversation because the person, uh, Jephthah goes and he says, hey, why are, you, why are you so upset at us? And he says, the other guy goes, you took our land. When you guys crossed over the Jordan, you took our land. And he says, no, 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 that's not what happened. What happened was we, we, were crossed, we asked to cross peacefully through your land to get to our land, and you said no. So then we smoked you. Sorry. <laughs> you wanted the smoke, we gave it. You know? And then he says this. Since not the Lord, the God of Israel, drove out the Amorites from before his people Israel, are you then to possess it? He's saying if the Lord, if Yahweh drove these people out, does that mean he's going to give it to you? And then he follows it up with this. Do you not possess what Chemosh, your God, gives you to possess? He's saying, why would my God give you land? Why doesn't your God do that? Why doesn't your God give you this stuff? he goes, so whatever the Lord, our God, has driven out, it's ours. So he says, why don't you tell your God to go do something? <laughs> so what, what's the difference here between Abimelech and Jephthah is Jephthah's honoring the Lord. He's honoring God, right? And so the decision is Abimelech kills all his brothers. Jephthah frees his. But they were born into the same situation. They're outcasts. They're, 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 they're the sons of, of affairs, of people who weren't wives of their father. And one reacts in a way that's deadly, and the other one reacts in a way that's liberating. So what's the point of this story? It's a good question. It took me a long time to get to the point. It took me a long time to study this and get to a point in my head because it's kind of a tough thing to navigate. But here's the thing, when we, when we seek tough decisions like this, we have to seek the heart of God to get to the right place. There's going to be times in your life where you have a really tough decision. And here's the thing, you might have every reason, like I did, you might have every reason to go into the health class and beat that kid up. And everyone around you is going to be like, yeah, he deserved it. That's what's up. 
Or what I could have done is gone in there and been like, hey, man, why are you so upset? Why would you spread that rumor about her? Like, man, she's sad, man. If you, like, if you enjoy her, you got to make this, make this right. you got to be good about it. And, hey, listen, I know you spread around me too, but I, I don't, I'm okay. I love you, dude. And he's like, what's different about you? And I could be like, hey, you know what? Here's the thing. Actually, would you want to come to youth group with me? But he didn't deserve that. It's called grace. Jephthah's brothers didn't deserve liberation. They kicked him out. If I was him and they're like, hey, would you come free us? He's like, I'd be like, no. <laughs> Ain't no way. You're on your own. <laughs> be easy now. But he, he went back and helped them and did the honorable thing and then honored the Lord. Does that make sense, everybody? So here's real quick three things. If we're going to seek the heart of God when we encounter tough decisions, because we all will, we'll encounter decisions where, oh, I might need to lie in, in order to get past this, or I might need to do this. And you're thinking, man, what decision should I make? Or this person is struggling with this, and your friend comes to you with a tough decision. You're, how, how do I navigate this? Three things. Ready? We seek Scripture. We pray, and we're led by the Holy Spirit. And we seek wise counsel. So when it comes to a big decision that's really tough, what should I do? A lot of times, some, uh, especially... Uh, the guys in the room, they'll come to me with, like, hey, what do I do in this scenario? Or some of the girls will go to Danielle. And here's the thing that we'll always instruct you to do. Go to the Bible first. What does the Bible say, right? And it's not always about the rules in the Bible. It's the heart of the one who wrote the book. Does that make sense, everybody? So we seek Scripture. What does it say about that? We pray, and we're led by the Holy Spirit. Okay, God, I know your word says this, and what would you like me to do in this scenario? And then at the end, we seek wise counsel as well. We go to a pastor. We go to a friend. We go to someone that we trust. What should I do? We add all these things together, and hopefully we set, set ourselves on track to, to make a right decision. Does that make sense, everybody? Yes? So, tough decisions require conscious decision-making. But here's the thing about this story. If you're going to read this story, which I'd encourage you to do, you're going to come to a crazy part at the end. Which I was going to, you can ask Danielle, I was going to skip over this part. Because <laughs> it's kind of gnarly. And... It didn't make sense to me at first. But I can't go through these stories with integrity and skip parts that I didn't think you would like. So I'm going to read this, or I'm going to talk about it, and we're going to decide how this points to Jesus, okay? So there's this part at the end of Jephthah's story. Jephthah's been good at this whole point. He got kicked out. He was righteous in the way that he didn't kill his brothers, and he freed them, he liberated them, he made the right decision. But once again we find the hero of the story is Jephthah. And so Jephthah makes this vow to God. He says, God, if you would deliver my enemies into my hands, when I get home, whatever comes out the door to greet me, I'll sacrifice unto you. God says nothing. God doesn't say, sounds good. God also doesn't say, sounds bad. He says nothing. If we make a decree to the Lord and he says nothing, we should probably <laughs> question kind of what. Does that make sense? Because here's what actually happens. He gets home after winning, and the first thing to run out the door to him is his one and only daughter. And he says to her, why? basically, why did you run out the door? You've grieved me. I'm sad. I made a pact to the Lord that if whatever came out to greet me, I would sacrifice to him. 
She says, do what you have to. He goes, okay. She goes, well, can I go up to the mountain with my friends for a couple months and grieve, and then I'll come back and you do what you have to do. He says, sure. She goes up to the mountain with her friends, grieves, she comes back, and he sacrifices her unto the Lord. What? Why is, why is that in here? <laughs> when I read that, I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> like we heard the, the cool story about Abraham going, about to sacrifice his son, and God's like, no, I'll give you. Where, where's the ram in this story? Where's the ram here? And here's the thing that's the difference is God asked Abraham to do the first task, and Abraham obeyed. God didn't ask Jephthah to do this. Jephthah had his own plan, made his own decision, like we often do. God, if you just come through with, in this moment for me, I'll do this. God's like, I never asked you to do that. <laughs> and actually, please don't, because it's not going to be good for you. But no, I, pro I promise, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. And, and, and sometimes we find ourselves, when we make our own plans... We could have been righteous and we could have been following the Lord, which he was up until this point. He makes a stupid vow that the Lord never wanted. And then, he, and then he binds himself to this vow that the Lord never wanted, the Lord never agreed to, and sacrifices his daughter for no reason. The Bible says the women of Israel for years after that would go up to the mountain to commemorate her. I can't help but think in... in, in when Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no, maybe he's talking about this. Don't make stupid vows to me for no reason. Right? Because the people you love will be hurt. Don't, I swear on my mom. <laughs> Which is funny, but like, I swear on my mama and dems, okay? I, but that's what God's saying is, don't, don't do that. Just say yes or no, right? And you'll know if you're obedient to me if you say yes and if you say no, you're not. Does that make sense, everybody? But then I asked the question to myself, okay, why is this story in there? And part of it is the yes and yes and the no and the no. But then I remembered, oh, they don't have a king. Israel desperately needs a king. And this does two things for us. This points to David, which we're going to talk about in a few weeks. On the next series, we're going to talk about kings. And one of them is David, who was a pretty good king. It points to that story. But more so, Jephthah making this stupid mistake and sacrificing his daughter after winning a battle. And then, and then once again, Israel goes into a, a, it's a, it's a, it's a common theme of Israel fell into evil and God's like, I'm not going to do this again, right? Check this out. There's actually a time in this story in, in chapter 10 where God says, did I not deliver you from the Egyptians, the Amorites, the sons of Ammon and the Philistines? Also when the Sidonians and the Amalekites and the Mayanites oppressed you and you cried out to me and I delivered you from their hand. Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I'll no longer deliver you. God says, you're done. And they keep crying out, they keep crying out, they keep crying out. And it ends with saying he could bear their misery no longer. And so then he delivers them again. Because his mercy always triumphs over judgment. But Israel needed a king. And so what does this point to? This points to Jesus. This points to the king of kings, the Lord of lords, final judge of Israel. 
And check this out. This is where it all comes around. I'm trying to point all these stories to Jesus and how he loves us and all this kind of stuff. So this is my last point, and then I'm done. Check this out. Ready? It's pretty cool. Instead of being a nation or a people that feel like Jephthah, that they had to sacrifice their daughter or their children or their son in order to please God, don't forget that this is, if you don't know, this was a very common pagan practice. They would sacrifice children to appease gods, right? And so instead of being a people who felt the need to sacrifice their children to please God, God is a God who sacrificed his one and only son so that we might have freedom, so that we might live a life filled with grace and mercy. And so that pain we feel, like if you imagine like what Jephthah felt when he's crying out and his daughter's running out to him, and he's like, no, and he made this stupid vow that he didn't even need to make. But you could feel the pain of a father. You could feel the pain of, and you could imagine your closest friend or your sibling or your parents, and you're like, no, right? Imagine how God felt sending his son for all of us. And he's sending his son for the people in this book that every chapter, it seems like, every three verses, they fall into evil and get caught up in slavery. So Jesus sends his son to sacrifice to die on a cross so that we could stop being slaves to our sin and our desires. So we could stop constantly living in that life. And so here's the thing. Some of you might feel trapped. Some of you might feel like, I just can't get past this one sin. I'm doing, I can't get past the way that I'm acting. But here's the thing. Jesus died for that already. Jesus died on the cross for that. And so we can lay it at his feet and say, Lord, this is yours. Would you take it from me? Would you help me to live upright? Would you help me to be yours? And here's the thing. It's not that we're ever going to be perfect. We're not. But the reason that Jesus died on the cross is so that we don't have to read in our story, Brett fell away and he was evil and so he caught himself in slavery and the, the heart of God was away from him. The story now is that even when Brett messes up, Jesus already died for it and he loves him so much and he's just waiting for him to come back home. Over and over and over again. And it's still over and over and over again every time, but this time it's just it's filled with grace and mercy. Amen? So here's, here's my take home. Here's the take home. If we let ourselves be the Lord of our own lives, which we oftentimes want to do, being the deciders of morality within our lives, we'll find ourselves like Israel, constantly in bondage, slaves, to our desires. So the main point of the story, the main point of every story in this Bible is that Jesus needs to not only be our Savior, Jesus needs to be our Lord. He's, Jesus didn't just come to save you and make you feel good. Jesus came so that you would follow him and live that life. Because the life that we follow ourselves and we follow our own desires and we do what we want, we do what feels right, we go with our gut, you know, you hear all the things. That life ends in disaster every time. Every time. That's why you see all these celebrities that life is good, but then it's not. There's like, oh, something missing. I was talking with somebody about this the other day, where it's like, Danielle and I don't necessarily live this like celebrity lifestyle with all this money and the coolest things or whatever, but we live a good life. And God's good to us. 
And the crazy thing is, is even when we, when we walk through tragedy, even when we walk through the toughest times of our life, there's a peace that makes no sense. There is. And how do I get that? The only way that I get a peace that makes no sense is if I'm not in control anymore and God is. Because I'm like, okay, well, I can't. I know I can't fix this. I can't do anything. I can't do anything about it. So, Lord, I know you want to partner with me in this life thing, so just tell me where to go, and I'll go. And, like, I keep talking back to Exodus 33. Moses says, if you're not going, I'm not going. God, don't lead us anywhere that your presence is not going to be with us. That's how we ought to live our lives. Amen? Not where we're, not where we're saying, Jesus, would you follow us? Jesus, I'm going to go here, Jesus, and if anything goes wrong, I'll let you know. It's like, God, where are you going? Can I, can I, can I be with you? Amen? Let's stand up. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's challenging. We thank you that um, these, sometimes we have to wrestle with certain things that we read in your word. We're like, why is it in there? But it, and then it all makes sense, Lord. If we seek you and we look to your son, Jesus. And, and so, Lord, most of all, if we take anything away from tonight, Lord, help us to follow you. Help us to realize that you're Lord of our lives and we're not. Lord of our own lives and we don't want to be and God in a generation where we want to be in control and we want to make our own plans and do our own thing God would you help us all to have a heart that recognizes that you being in charge and you having a plan for our lives is a good thing and so Lord lead us and guide us uh, guide our steps give us opportunities to share your love with others in Jesus name everybody said amen